0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I'm back. Um and you know what? Thank you to Victor yesterday for filling in. Uh the, y'all's feedback on Victor was tremendous. Uh glad he could glad he could be here. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program today, and we'll be a little looser with phone calls, is 877 973 Seven four two five. If you would like to be a part of this year' program, you are more than welcome to. You know, I, I, here is my problem: when I take a day off or two uh, to go take meetings somewhere, and news happens, and all I want to do is be behind the microphone with y'all. If nothing else, so we can laugh together at things. How bad is this White House? I, it, it's remarkable to me how they have uh, descended into blaming you guys for everything. President Biden, when he spoke about inflation the other day, said essentially the problem was he's done a lot of good stuff, but uh, the American people, they're just not paying attention. Yesterday at the White House press briefing, Jen Psaki blamed parents for the baby formula shortage. This White House time and time again blames everyone else without taking any responsibility. More often than not, it is the American people that they blame. I want to play you a couple of clips. Uh, This is Brian Deese. He is the National Economic uh, Council uh, chairman talking about the baby formula shortage.
1: Look, the administration has been on this from the get-go. A lot of this emanated from a plant in Michigan that was producing formula that didn't meet safety standards. Look, I'm a parent of small kids. Safety is paramount in this place. We don't. We need to have uh, safe, uh, high standards for safety. That plant was shut down uh, uh, on because of those safety concerns, and the day that that recall happened. This administration sent out guidance to every state to update their regulations. We've been working with the manufacturers since that happened. It's part of the reason why production has already increased is because of that work. But we're not resting. The president made clear uh, yesterday to uh, to the manufacturers and the retailers that we are going to use every lever of the federal government that we can to help support this supply chain moving more quickly.
0: And one more from Brian Deese.
1: Well, as a... As a um, uh, as a parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was, we uh, w- was aware that, that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores. Uh, but we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. And we have had a team on this uh, from the FDA and in the interagency process since then. And the steps that I mentioned are steps that have been taken over the course of multiple weeks. And we are ramping those up.
0: Um, so is is this like the, the Midas touch, except everything they touch turns to poop? Because So they've been aware of this problem since the FDA. Says, by the way, the FDA was aware well before the FDA got involved. In October, the whistleblowers started blowing the whistle. The FDA didn't even move until December. The plant shut down in February. They've been aware of it the whole time and did nothing, except they say they did something. If they were doing something, they made the situation worse. Listen, I, I, I it's just it, it's everything this administration tries to get a handle on, they seem to make it worse, and then they blame you. They blame American businesses. They blame everyone except themselves. They refuse to take any responsibility. The buck stops with Joe Biden, except Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is. Hard for the buck to stop with him when he doesn't know where he is. And, and you've got this, this lovely sentiment from Jen Sackey the now outgoing White House Press Secretary, headed to MSNBC. It was a public health question,
2: which agency should that question be directed to? Just the very practical, immediate question of if you can't find formula and you need it for your baby to eat, what should they be doing? We would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician.
0: call your doctor or pediatrician. Don't call the government. The government cannot help you. There's a larger issue here, and it's one now being revealed by the Biden administration. We have, all of us, to a degree, all of us, have now begun to witness The inability of government to get things done. It is remarkable to me how the people who hated Donald Trump and did not want Donald Trump in charge of the levers of power now want the government to do everything and the government can't barely even deliver the mail. And the government can't deal with the baby formula shortage. And, you know, the the optics of this, uh, the Biden administration sent a bunch of baby formula to the um, detention facilities in Texas. Now, they had to do it. If we're going to detain the illegal aliens, you have to feed them. I'm sorry, you have to feed them whether you like it or not. And if they're babies, the government uses formula, so they keep formula in reserve so that they can send it to those facilities. And there's a great conservative outrage. Oh, they're putting illegal aliens over the over the, the the citizens of the United States. Yeah, it's the optics of it are horrible for the Biden administration, but I'm not going to fire uh, political targets at the Biden White House on this because either you're going to let them go or you're going to keep them there and feed them. Which would you prefer? You and I would prefer them not to come here anyway. The Biden administration hasn't secured the border, so you got to feed them. Oh, but you ha- what, why can't they ship them to the American people? Well, because there are procurement acts, there are appropriations laws, and this formula was not used uh, or not bought. To take care of every American kid. It was bought to feed people in detention and their children. I'm sorry, it sucks. That's the reality of it. Not defending it, per se, so much as explaining to you the reality. Everybody wants to be outraged about everything. You want to be outraged about this? And you should be outraged about this because we wouldn't be in this problem but for the border being secured. The border's not secured. So they do have to divert from private stores to these to these detention facilities. Yes, they cause this problem. And yes, let them deal with the fallout. But the reality here is that too many people are now dependent on government for everything. And maybe it's time for us to learn again the lesson that Ronald Reagan taught us, that the government that does the least does the best. We have government in every aspect of our lives now, and every aspect of of our lives that the government touches, it turns to poop. It is the the anti-MIDAS touch. And Joe Biden, he's got the anti-MIDAS touch. Look at what's happening now. I, I wasn't here yesterday. This is the story I was itching to be here for. The government under the Biden administration has stopped exploration leases in ANWR, the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve, uh, in other Alaskan territories now and in the Gulf of Mexico. They've shut them down. We they, This came out on the same day AAA, the American Automobile Association, says that gas prices are now at record highs. We have hit record highs in this country for gas at the pump nationwide. In some parts of the country, including California, diesel for truck drivers is over $6.50 a gallon. I in Atlanta, uh, coming home from the airport last night, had to put gas in my car, and it was $4.30 a gallon. It's absurd. Having a real impact on American take-home pay, among other things. Real impact. And this White House has now decided to curtail supplies because of the environmental cultists within this administration. Everything the government is in charge of breaks now, thanks to Joe Biden. And then they blame you when it's broken. They blame you. They say you're not paying attention to all the good stuff they've done. And then you get, for example, the uh, Secretary of Commerce, Riamondo. Talking about climate change, they're all in on climate change. This is one of the reasons they're restricting oil and gas. The internal documents of the administration say it's all about climate change. They've got to protect you from yourself to save the planet where you can't afford to live anymore. Listen to this.
1: While Americans are struggling and seeing their paychecks shrink, uh, a 24% increase over FY21 levels for NOAA doesn't really help families put food on the table or clothes on the back at a time when inflation's at a 40-year high can you talk about how this massive allocation of funds helps to combat inflation or deal with supply chain issues that you say are so important
2: yes so look we we, we believe climate change is an existential threat so you know children won't forget about clothes on their back they're not going to be able to have a life if we don't deal with climate change
1: Michael uh, constituents can't forget about the need to put clothes on their kids back right now. And climate change, as you say, being an existential, uh, threat, uh, it is not going to solve the problem of making sure the kids are, are clothed and fed and off to school.
0: So uh, climate change is more important than your clothes keeping your kids on a planet that's not going to die is way more important than keeping your kids in clothes and i mean honestly the groomers wouldn't mind it if your kids roamed around naked anyway absolutely absurd these people are ruining your life and your livelihood and your family's well-being for their environmental cultists who are convinced the world comes to an end in less than a decade They're blaming you for hoarding. And by the way, to be fair, there are a lot of people hoarding. There are a lot of people hoarding food, a lot of people hoarding formula. And you know what? It's going to get worse because of the incompetence of this administration. As the supply chain situation eases, you're going to have more hoarding of formula. And You can't really blame these people. By the way, uh, it also depends on which store you go to. I went in just, I was really curious I right, We stayed at a hotel, and right across the street was a 24-hour CVS when I was in New York the other night. So I went into the CVS, no formula, none, completely empty, completely empty, uh, it, which is very typical. However, there are little bodegas uh, up and down the street, and if you went in there, there was formula. So you go to the CVS, and the entire store shelves are, are empty. You go to the little bodega just down the street. And they've got formula. It may not be the one you want. It may be Similac and not Infamil or Infamil, not Similac or one of the other brands, but they've got formula if you're desperate they have it. It really depends on where you go. Uh, Ethnic grocery stores are reported to have way more formula. So if there's a Mexican grocer or an Asian market in your neighborhood, if they sell formula, you may find it there, even if you can't get it at Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, or Target. Uh, A lot of grocery stores are getting their supplies back faster than the big box stores, but it's a problem. It is an indisputable problem. And not just is it an indisputable problem, but it's a problem that the government did exacerbate, even though the original problem isn't theirs. And now they're solution is to blame you for everything. They're making your life more difficult in practical ways that matter. They are making it tougher for you to, on a daily basis, afford the things you need to take care of your family. Generally, not specifically, across the board, there are specific things that are just fine. You go to the grocery store, you can find specific products, but generally you go to your grocery store, there are still empty shelves in a lot of places and Everything is more expensive. And then when you complain, it's your fault. You're not grateful enough to be rid of the mean tweets. And this goes back to the fundamental problem the Democrats have. Across the board, the polling shows more and more Americans actually would rather have Donald Trump come back now and the Republicans come back. Uh, The reality is that the Democrats and their environmental cultists, among others, are seeding the Seeding the ground to allow a resurgence of the Republican Party and Donald Trump in America. They're so desperate to get rid of what they perceive to be an existential threat. They're taking actions that make people long for the mean tweets. Well, I'm not sure he will run again in 2024. I certainly think those who carry on his issues and his standards will run in 2024, and Americans will vote for that compared to what they have now. And the only people who will blame them are the Democrats being thrown out of office. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the daily show notes, get all the links of all the stuff I'm talking about by texting the word data to 33777, should you wish to. Um, it's great email. We've got a ton of feedback on it. Uh, and then you get all the other stuff that I write as well. Uh, and you also you you help the show and then I help you by keeping you well informed and giving you exclusive interviews and the like so text data to 33777 uh, click the subscribe on the Substack email uh can we talk about is is this too painful for some of my friend for some of my friends in particular it's very painful cryptocurrencies are in meltdown fear and panic This is from the New York Times. Uh, The price of Bitcoin plunged to its lowest point since 2020. Coinbase, the largest cryptocurrency exchange, tanked in value. A cryptocurrency that promoted itself as a stable means of exchange collapsed. And more than $300 billion was wiped out by a crash in cryptocurrency prices since Monday. The crypto world went into a full meltdown this weekend and a sell-off that graphically illustrated the risks of the experimental and unregulated digital currencies. Even as celebrities such as Kim Kardashian and tech moguls like Elon Musk have talked up crypto, the accelerating declines of virtual currencies like Bitcoin and Ether show that in some cases, two years of financial gains can disappear overnight. The moment of panic amounted to the worst reset in cryptocurrency since Bitcoin plummeted 80% in 2018. But this time, the falling prices have broader impact because more people and institutions hold the currencies. Critics say the collapse was long overdue, while some traders compared the alarm and fear to the start of the 2008 financial crisis. I have a lot of friends who are invested in cryptocurrency. And a great many of them are very upset right now to see their investments wiped out. This isn't really an I told you so moment. I know a lot of smart people who have invested in cryptocurrency. I put a little bit of money in and and have taken it all out in large part because I was dabbling curious about it but it never seemed like a real inflation hedge to me because as inflation has gone up, it has tanked. It just seemed very speculative to me. Uh, You know, the rise of of transgenderism in this country, (laughs) yeah, tying all this stuff together, wow, uh, the rise of transgenderism in this country is a um, particular aspect of the statements of individuality And in a world where people are more and more conformist, it's natural that something like this, where you get to customize, custom tailor your pronouns and sexuality to stand out in a world of collectivism, it's not surprising. And so many people I know rushed into uh, crypto markets because it was the next great thing, it was the cool thing, they were early adopters, they got in early, some of them have, have made a lot of money, uh, and, and crypto markets today are doing okay, and, and so is the stock market as well, but it, brutally, the stock market is down pretty significantly, the the worst showing in the stock market in decades. Um, it's it's I still think that instead of following the herd, And that's why a lot of people get into a lot of stocks and do a lot of things that you need to have some basic individual understanding of how things work. And if you can't explain it to your grandmother, maybe you shouldn't be investing in it. You can explain to your grandmother uh, investing in Gillette and razor blades. You can explain to your grandmother investing in a toilet paper company or a fast food company or a grocery store or or even Amazon.com. You could explain it. It's very hard to explain cryptocurrencies and a lot of people love it and and i maintain that the fundamental underlying technologies the blockchain and and uh the the entire world of cryptography online it makes a lot of sense in the future i'm just not sure the early adopters rushing in was smart for a lot of people and i know a lot of people have lost a lot of money in the last week or so with this collapse but What goes down tends to come up in financial markets. We'll see. When we come back, we got to talk about following the leader a little more in a different way. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-973-7425. How's about we go to the phones? By the way, there's some big news happening in Georgia today. Vice President Mike Pence is going to campaign in the state for Brian Kemp. Uh, putting him distinctly at odds with President Trump down in Georgia. Uh, at this point, uh, it looks very likely that Kemp is going to run away with it anyway. But, uh, you know, back in 2018, I was actually the MC at the event. Uh, Trump endorsed Kemp, and he sent Mike Pence down. And they asked me to ho- to MC the event. It was in, in Macon, Georgia. I did. And now Pence is going to come back on his own terms with his own endorsement in 2022 for Kemp at the end of the race, uh, right before the end of the primary season is going to be interesting to watch. Let's go to the phones. I'm going to start with Greg. You're up first. Welcome.
2: Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Man, I'm better than I deserve. Listen, Eric, you rock. I enjoy listening to to your show every day. I have a question about Stacey Abrams and all the uh, commercials that you see on TV. Uh, Recently, uh, a commercial came out that shows that she was instrumental in uh, keeping the movie industry in the state of georgia my Uh, 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 question is this how instrumental could she be with respect to that legislation
0: she wasn't uh she's taking credit for it uh what she says essentially is that um her her real point is that when they passed the fetal heartbeat legislation in georgia that she calmed hollywood down and said look it's not going to hold up court muster so you don't have to get out of the state Uh, But you and I will both recall that when Georgia passed its elections law, Stacey Abrams went into the pages of USA Today and urged companies and Major League Baseball to boycott the state of Georgia. And then USA Today let her retroactively edit her op-ed to get rid of the lines so that uh, it didn't sound like she was actually calling for a boycott when she was. Uh, Stacey Abrams has been deeply destructive to business in Georgia, trying to bully businesses into having her back and the left's back, uh, whenever Republicans do something so she can run all the ads she wants, but, uh, she is the reason major league baseball boycotted Georgia for the all-star game. Let's go back to the phones. Richard, you're up next. Welcome.
2: Hey, um, Eric, good afternoon. I just got a, uh, real quick comment, um, First of all, I, I just heard you say something about Pence being in Georgia, and I didn't know that. And uh, I'm glad he's going to be here because um, Brian Kemp, I'm a huge Brian Kemp fan and, uh, and just happy to see that he's going to be here in Georgia. But um, my comment was I used to be a huge, I mean, diehard Trump fan. I believed everything about the fake elections results. I believed all that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. I listened to your show and you did a real good job um, defining exactly what happened and convinced me that the uh, election wasn't stolen. So, my question is like I said, I was a huge t- uh, Trump fan. He's supporting Purdue. They're going after this fake election stuff. What's going to happen when Purdue? Loses the nomination to Kemp. Do you think Trump would then support Kemp? Because truthfully, I really don't care about Trump. I mean, anymore. Well, and, you he's, know
0: that—that's the he's thing here,
2: my T V up with lies. Um, and-
0: yeah, I don't think that he will be involved at all. There are some Republicans who are like, "Well, will he? Will he in some way come in and uh, try to sabotage the framers?" No, I—I I, I don't think he will. Uh, he put his money on on Purdue and these other guys, um, and uh, I mean, by the way, if you're in Georgia, uh, you absolutely should vote for John King, the insurance commissioner, and Chris Carr as well, uh, the, okay. the attorney general. They're phenomenal people who've actually had Donald Trump's back, um, right. and yeah. it, it just it, it's remarkable to me. I guess the the level of, of pettiness now um, that we're seeing in this. I think we probably will not see or hear from David Perdue again. And in Georgia, at least we won't hear from Donald Trump. Uh, By the way, in in all sincerity, I, I, I don't know who, and I've heard several names. Corey Lewandowski is a name that I've heard repeatedly. I don't know who convinced Donald Trump to make the endorsements he made in Georgia. But they are not good endorsements. I mean, the guy who's running for attorney general that Kemps that back in against Chris Carr, a very good attorney general who it was the guy who sued the Biden administration uh, over masks and other issues, it rallied a coalition of attorneys general in the states to sue the Biden administration over a lot of these things and and has been very successful against the Biden administration and defended the Trump administration repeatedly. Uh, Chris Carr is a very good guy. I was proud to cast my vote for him for attorney general in Georgia. And the guy who ran against him actually gave up his law practice and literally right before trying to qualify, had to go back and get his law license. And that guy wants to be attorney general. He hadn't even practiced law. Uh, or the insurance commissioner guy, John King, the current insurance commissioner, is the first statewide Hispanic official in Georgia. And he happens to be not just a Republican, but a conservative Republican. He worked for Donald Trump. He was in the military. He, I think, a brigadier general went around the country setting up um, COVID site, testing sites and supply chains for President Trump in Georgia. He handled expediting supply chains between hospitals so that no hospital was left short of um, personal protective equipment and um, uh, the, the respiratory machines. He's helped save a lot of lives in the Hispanic community, going in, speaking their language, explaining to them uh, COVID treatments, what they needed to do. And then he has stepped up to be insurance commissioner. He was a police chief, stepped up to be insurance commissioner because the actual insurance commissioner got carted off to jail. Didn't want the job, got asked to do the job, has done a remarkable job. John King should have everybody's vote. It's just shameful, I think, that a guy who is that loyal to President Trump, helping him fight COVID and get over COVID that uh, because he was not a stolen election guy, President Trump turned his back on him. The same with Chris Carr, who did yeoman's work helping Donald Trump articulate uh, defenses of his judicial policies and legal policies, has fought relentlessly against Joe Biden, but because he's not down with the stolen election stuff, Trump wouldn't support him. That's disloyal to me. These guys really took all sorts of slings and arrows for him. And he won't have their back because they wouldn't go along with stolen election stuff. Chris Carr and John King de- deserve your vote. So does Brian Kemp. Um, it just, it's, and look, I think Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, might be able to pull it off. He's actually done a very good job. Um, I just, it's it's frustrating to me. And you know, candidates matter. Candidates matter so much, and we forget about that. In 2010... Christine O'Donnell became the Republican nominee in Delaware. This is the woman who did the I am not a witch ad. She was a terrible candidate. And a lot of conservatives got blamed for backing her. Jim DeMint, then in the U.S. Senate, was assailed by the Republican establishment for endorsing Christine O'Donnell. He never actually did. She was too bad a candidate for DeMint. She was conservative, but she was crazy. And I'm looking around the country now, in Pennsylvania in particular right now, in in Arizona, and everybody thinks that they can be Donald Trump because Donald Trump won by being brash and outlandish. They can too. But we have seen time and time again that nobody is Donald Trump other than Donald Trump. Donald Trump can get away with stuff other people can't. In Pennsylvania, it's a Republican seat we have to hold. Donald Trump went with Dr. Oz, a pro-abortion, pro-China, anti-Trump candidate, who up until last year was still attacking Donald Trump. And then there's the other woman up there who's surging all of a sudden. There's one person, everyone agrees, across the board, David McCormick, everyone agrees, if that guy's the nominee, he will win. But you got uh, Oz makes no sense whatsoever as a candidate. He's not even a conservative. He is philosophically rudderless he will change in the Senate. It's just, it's remarkable to me how people want to go for the, the the very brash candidate that Donald Trump was when Donald Trump could pull that off and none of the other people can. Do you want the guy who's going to set himself on fire or do you want the conservative who is going to go to the Senate and can actually win the races? And people just have forgotten how to how to actually win a race. It's, it's incredible to me. Uh, back to the phones. Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Bob, you there?
2: Oh, yes, I am. How Hello? are you? I have two. Good. Love your show, Eric. Thanks so much. Thank you. So I have a question. Actually, two questions. One, assuming that we end up with a Republican majority in Congress, would they have any power at all to reverse any or all of these stupid, stupid things that Biden <laughs> has administratively done? Well, and they would have to build a coalition. Is, let,
0: let, before you get to the second one, let me just say you, they'd have to build a coalition with Democrats because Biden has a veto, and you need two thirds of both houses to override it. Uh, they may be able to get right. some Democrats to go along with them because Biden's being so bad, but otherwise, I mean, it, it would—they'd have to override the veto
2: think there's any chance
0: of that yeah i actually do in some of the policies i think when the democrats see just how badly things are about to go for them uh they may some of them be willing to finally stand up to biden
2: good good and then my second question is i hear that uh early voting is up about 160 percent
0: here in georgia
2: i gotta be honest with you that kind of terrifies me what's your thoughts on that
0: uh, actually, uh, so I've got the numbers. I'm glad you said that. Uh, it is overwhelmingly Republicans shifting to early voting. Um, the Republicans are dominating early voting right now in ways they haven't for almost a decade. In fact, uh, hang on a second. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me the note yesterday uh, giving me some of the, the turnout numbers that were kind of mind-blowing. Um, where is this? Uh, so far, 42% of Republican voters this year were registered in 2018 but didn't actually vote in 2018. Only 33% of Democrats are similarly situated. Overwhelmingly based on what we know, people are showing up to vote and they're asking for Republican primary ballots. Uh, Usually Republicans wait until election day and this year they're going on and they're getting their vote in now. Uh, and and everybody's reading this. Like for example, the the Purdue team is saying, "Well, this really means we've got a latent Purdue vote, and and these people are coming to vote for us." But uh, you can figure out who these people are by who's re- who's showing up to vote early, and these people are being contacted, and it doesn't look like they're actually um, going for him. Now, maybe we'll all be surprised. Maybe there's there'll be a vote, but you know the the uh, just. The more important point here in georgia kemp has never been behind in any public poll and now every public poll and most of the private ones i know about having well over 50 percent. andrea you're going to be up next welcome to the program
2: yeah hi there thank you for taking my call i was wondering if i could sneak in an extra little thing that occurred to me while you were talking which was i'd love it if you could review the Dinesh D'Souza movie, 2000 Mules. I'd love your take on that. But anyway, my original question, which I really would like an answer to, every time I turn on the TV, Biden's bragging that he has reduced the deficit is so low. And I was just wondering if you could explain the mechanics of how that happened.
0: Yeah, um, because Congress can't agree to spend money. Um, So Congress appropriates the money. They haven't passed any of their major spending bills they're supposed to. So it looks like the deficit is very low in terms of money already allocated and spent. And also keep in mind that the Biden administration has been allocated a bunch of money from Congress and has dragged their feet on spending it. So it gives him a talking point that his deficit spending is low uh, without actually um, pointing out that really the real reason is they haven't spent what's been allocated, one. And two, Congress hasn't passed any of their major uh um, uh, appropriations bills yet this year that will drive it up uh real quickly on the 2000 mules thing I, I mentioned this the other day I think it's actually propaganda it's a scam uh if you believe that Donald Trump's election was stolen it provides you the emotional reinforcement you need to believe it uh but it uh grossly distorts what happened uh you talk to any of the police officers who were involved who were either given or tried to acquire and they refused to give them the cell phone data you realize that you're being played with this movie. Dinesh D'Souza, in addition to being a felon, is just a great propaganda artist. Uh, He has no credibility in my mind. I say that as someone who used to deeply like him and realize what a scammer he is. I'm I'm not a Dinesh D'Souza fan anymore. Um, 2000 Mules gives you the emotional support you need to perpetuate your grievance that the election was stolen, and it's just more lies. Uh, It is discredited in my mind, and also the cell phone data. And by the way, yes, I did watch it. So I know what I'm talking about. I watched it. The cell phone data is not precise enough, just as an example, despite claims that they can weed this out, uh, they can't based on cell phone data. Uh, If you've got an Apple Watch, you've got an iPhone, and you've got an iPad, you are three of those 2,000 mules just yourself. Um, it's it's absolutely uh, well-produced propaganda uh, without any real factual basis, overwhelmingly circumstantial, and I would note that uh, I have also reached out to, for example, the Georgia State Patrol and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation who were willing to see and examine the data, and there was nothing for them to examine. So it makes for a great film until you realize that it didn't even hold up enough under the slightest cursory inspection for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, all of whom Really, were willing to investigate it because they're not exactly progressives and would have loved to have uh, not had the current president we have, uh, particularly since this president and his administration support defunding the police. And remarkably, the police who would love to not have the current defund the police people in power, couldn't verify or find or treat credibly any of the evidence, and some of it wouldn't even be wasn't even given to them. You don't hear that in the movie, though, do you You don't hear in the movie. The information that was not handed over to police, despite the police requests, you call the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and talk to them about it, and they're pretty matter-of-fact with it. Uh, this is a scam. Now, I got to tell you about Goldco because, you know, the markets are doing good this today, but this week it's been terrible. The markets have really, genuinely been terrible And people are worried about their investments and how can you put something stable in? Young people went to Bitcoin and that hasn't worked out well for them. Precious metal investing is something that for 40 years people really haven't had to engage in. And now suddenly we're back to Jimmy Carter's error and, well, his error and his era. And gold and silver help stabilize retirements. You may want to reach out to Gold Coast, see if they're a good fit for you. 855 904 5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call GoldCo. Tell them I sent you. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've been helping thousands of Americans. Instead of me giving you the 800 number again, just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text it to 33777, and I'll text you back. Their 800 number. It's toll free number, 855 number. Uh, text Eric to 33777. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. They can help your business grow. If you need access to big loans, $750,000 or more, reach out to First Liberty, FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you, FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, we got less than a minute because I went over on phone calls the last half hour. I enjoy talking with you. One question that we, we got an email is uh, when I mentioned Raffensperger, uh, he hadn't actually done a bad job as Secretary of State. But what about the consent decree? What about the consent decree? You know, there actually never was a consent decree. Nationwide, you ask Republicans about Georgia in 2020, and they mention the consent decree. It has taken on a life of its own. There actually never was a consent decree. It's one of those bits of mythology that has gained a life of its own. There literally never was a consent decree. Uh, A lot of people blaming Raffensperger, saying he signed this consent decree, and that's what cost the Republicans the election. There was never a consent decree. What there was was a lawsuit filed by one of Stacey Abrams' groups. They won the lawsuit in court in front of a judge, and they had to settle the case. And what was signed was a settlement agreement approved by the judge based on the terms of the defeat in court. Uh, as opposed to a complete outright loss. Raffensberger actually mitigated the damage in the lawsuit by signing the settlement. There was never a consent decree.